Hello, everybody. We're talking about awesome art supplies that you don't know about. If you would like to grow as an artist and you can't afford an art class, we've got everything you need here at ArtProf, critiques, tutorials, and professional development. Part of finding these unusual art supplies, I actually think a lot of it is a mindset of almost being constantly on the hunt. Would you say that's how you approach it? Easily, especially when it comes to finding something that's at a lower value, a lower price range, you have to be ready to jump at the opportunity when you get the opportunity. Because you know something, the art supply store, that's where we assume, oh, we're artists, we're going to shop at the art supply store. But I actually think over half, if not more of the things I buy, they're not from the art supply store. So for you, Dorian, what percentage is your shopping at the art supply store? I would say below 15%. So a definitely majority of my time is spent everywhere else but the art store and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's face it, art supplies generally are not cheap and there's so many other options that are the exact same thing, if not better in other places, but you have to be on the lookout for it because I do think this is a mindset you have to put yourself into. I don't think that this is a natural inherent thing that artists do, do you think? I, I do and I don't. It can go either way. Uh, I think it's all about what industry and what kind of medium the artist is actually working in as well. That I think has a very large impact because I like to look at things through a sustainable lens. So I try and think of how can I do with things that will either deteriorate fast or aren't really as expensive or are already trash. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's a tip about collage that I got from Lauren is, you know, when you go to museums and there's just stacks of brochures, those are really nice brochures. They have really beautiful photos and cool graphic design. And I confess that when I get them, they go in the recycle bin when I'm done. But Lauren says she collects them for collage. Isn't that brilliant? That's actually really smart. I've never thought about doing that. Well, because a lot of people equate collage with junk mail or, for example, magazines. But the museum brochures are nice quality paper. It's got great visuals. It's like, yeah, that's sort of a no-brainer once you start thinking about it. Where do you think is the most unexpected place that you've gotten an art supply or something to contribute to something you're making? Oh, goodness. I think one time I drove out to the middle of nowhere in Boston. <laughs> place it looked like nothing i mean i really thought i was going to get mugged or something but it was this really like hardcore kitchen supply store like nothing was pretty it was just all sex but they had the best containers i love their containers i went back there so many times we had this one plastic container that was perfect for plaster casting and so you just never know when these things are going to pop up <laughs> <laughs> all right you are always looking on the sidewalk. <laughs> Every sidewalk is 
the best sidewalk when it has something on the side. <laughs> uh, I love finding different people's like trash. I like finding different people's furniture. It's all opportunities to create for me. And I like giving life to things that people might not see have one. So when I see this nice dress dresser on the side of the road, I'm like, oh, I could turn that into like a love seat or I could turn that into something else. I could I could convert that into a basketball hoop. Like I saw a door and I converted that to a basketball hoop. So there's so well, many I opportunities. <laughs> <laughs> That's not really what goes through my mind, but I can imagine. <laughs> it, it's just, I feel like the, the possibilities are endless when it has, when there's something so raw and something so unique in front of you like you can really just do anything with it because it's already trash and it's already kind of scrapped so what can you do to give it a new purpose and a new value tell us in the chat who here has picked up something off the street my favorite thing is for some reason whenever there's big chunks of foam i get really excited because <laughs> you can buy them at the fabric store but when there's just piles of it i just love finding that stuff so tell us what you have found and what you've used it for. And it's really funny because I had a friend in graduate school and she'd always show up with all these great things for sculpture. And I always say, well, where did you get this? The garbage. <laughs> what about this? Oh, this was my thesis project and probably one of the most amazing experiences. We, me and my friend Beyonce, Yes, I love saying that because her name is Beyonce and, it, and she has that persona. She has that amazing character. Uh, but we did this thesis project together and we built an entire store out of old pallets that were on the side of the road, uh, old spool rolls that had uh, like wire on them from an electrical factory. So we were just finding all these different things on the sides of the roads and out of these factories. And we're like, how can we turn this into something really cool? Literally just turned it into a structure that was supposed to house my friend's artwork. Uh, we turned it into a gallery space. We were going to sell t-shirts and stuff out of it. That's a complicated story. But if you go on to the Instagram, you can watch the video. That's, yeah, that's a whole thing. But <laughs> one of the most satisfying projects from Scrap Materials. Well, Crispy says, I love finding scrap pieces of wood. It's so fun to paint on, takes the pressure off of making something good and it's free. Absolutely. Sometimes I'll buy really, really nice watercolor paper and I'm like, I can't use it. It's too nice. And so there is definitely, I think, an attitude shift when you know it came from the trash, I didn't pay anything, and you really feel like I can do whatever I want. I don't have to worry that I'm throwing out $30 because I didn't make an amazing watercolor painting from this tiny sheet of paper do you think that affects your mindset too definitely because whenever i'm making work with the clothes that i've thrifted if i got a good find for a really good deal i do feel a little bit of weight with it but for all of the other materials i'm just like this is two dollars it was already going to go somewhere like it all of the pressures of having this raw material that you spent hundreds of dollars on is immediately eliminated and it makes the process a lot more fun and playful. Well, I confess that I always feel silly when I go to the lumber yard <laughs> because 
I buy poplar for making woodcut and I'm not making gigantic woodcuts. And when you go to the lumber yard, there's like sheets of two by fours. And I walk in and I'm like, hi, could I have two pieces that are cut eight by 10? I just feel like such an idiot. But this is the place to go. I mean, why would you buy the wood that they sell at the art store? It costs 10 times as much and I can just get a big stack. I I'm guessing you are not scared of the lumberyard like me. <laughs> not as much. I Having to go there on a regular basis, I've gotten a lot yeah. more comfortable with it. And I can see why it's frightening because the first time I went there, they're like, what What do you want? I'm like, oh, uh, oh, uh, oh. Uh, would they're like yeah that's what that's what we sell here i'm like okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so worth it because i have taught classes where i had students making woodcuts that were two feet by three feet and yeah. that just doesn't exist anywhere else so i recommend getting over any intimidation you might have like me at <laughs> the lumber yard and just go. And the other thing too, have you noticed that you start to make friends with the people at the stores? And when they recognize your face and they know what you're in there for, not only yeah. will you either get a deal, but you can also find more of that stuff that you're looking for or find new materials based off of their recommendations because you start to build a relationship. The RISD store, like when we were there, like, it's cool. They start to recognize students and stuff. But in these kind of specialized places, yeah, like certain lumber yards or certain uh, mom and pop shops, once they start to see your face, they have so much more ability to help you. They more do. than you would realize. Mm -hmm. yeah, I used to go to this plumbing shop in New York City because we'd buy plums and pipes to create sculptures and everything yeah. and i remember once i went in asking for this thing and they were like well isn't this better i was like oh yeah it is <laughs> so <laughs> it's like they know better than you what you need sometimes isn't that fun yeah oh my favorite containers in the world <laughs> so great about these i need to know because i've never used okay. this so and i have one here because this is also where i store most of my paints it is like pressure sealed. So you press the button and it vacuum seals like everything into the container. And the way that you actually open it is by pushing this and then you pull the lid up. So for me, it helps preserve a lot of the stuff that I do that's water-based, uh, especially when I find a color that I really like. It's so hard to mix water-based paint and replicate colors enough for a lot of shirts. So yeah, these, oh, they're so good. And they're great for food. They keep the moths out of your food. I, they can sponsor us, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm gonna have to go out and get some because um, I, I really like containers, you guys. <laughs> I'm the type of person you guys, have you ever been to the container store? Oh yeah, it's the, oh it's God. heaven. It is, it's like organization heaven. I love it so much. <laughs> It is so dangerous, especially the kitchen section. They have all these nice little droppers and little plastic jars. They're really good for painting. Like, I'll put my oil medium in them and everything. Like, screw the palette cups at the art store. I love all these little dripper things at the container store. Oh, my God. It is so, so dangerous. W315 says, I think hardware store folks like hearing about your art projects and ideas. Absolutely. 
And Anna says, I have a thrift store near me that sells really bad paintings, but in interesting sizes that you can't find in an art store. Oh, framing. Oh my gosh, you can Ooh. find so cool frames at a Salvation Army or whatever. And also a cheaper place to get canvas. It's not high quality canvas, but I go to uh, Home Depot and I buy the canvas drop cloths and I use that as my canvas oh. sheeting. So I cut it to the dimensions that I want. And literally like half the stuff that I make is literally just made from that. That's awesome. Well, I love this too. Pyra says, if you do monetize with plexiglass, go to a sign making shop or a place like Industrial Paints and Plastics, Canadian food, Canadian chain, not food chain. They'll have it <laughs> sold by the square foot. Actually, there's an amazing store in Manhattan. It's called Industrial Plastics. And you go in, it's just plastic everything. As in <laughs> like sheets and squares and shapes. And oh my God, it was like a candy store. I love that place. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what about your Rubbermaid Tupperware? So for Rubbermaid Tupperware, again, I do use that for my paint, but also I like to use that to organize certain things. Like <laughs> my grandma is one of the first people to make me start organizing stuff in it, but like I have tins that I save or find or get and then inside, like, that's how I store, like, some of my, like, threads, like, the stuff that I use for, like, burning the thread, like, tape, just, it's, it's just good for organizing, and it makes things easier than me building a whole shelf and dresser, and, yeah. <laughs> so, some weeks, I'm like, I'm going to be all organized. All the colored pencils are going to be here. And then within a few days, it becomes this mishmash. <laughs> And I'm like, I thought I was gonna be organized. Look, there's just crap everywhere. So I, I sort of organize, but then it doesn't like last very long. So that's the trouble. <laughs> I don't think you're an artist unless you have one of these in your room. <laughs> Those are the ones I bought from the kitchen supply store because they had stacks. So I'd buy these packages of like 50 containers. Oh my God, I was like in heaven. It's place. so good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is my favorite painting hack freezer paper which you can get at any ordinary grocery store use that instead of those stupid disposable pallets that they make you buy at the art supply That's store because so this is a huge sheet and so actually one of my favorite things is having a really big mixing space because then i don't have to clean my brushes as much but it's really nice to have that flexibility like the disposable ones are always in some dumb shape and they've got a little hole in the middle i don't know why but this is much better. So go to the store and buy freezer paper. All right, plywood. Are you into plywood? Because I love plywood. My whole bed frame is built from plywood, scrap plywood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Plywood is so funny because it, it's not really good for a lot of things, but it's great for armature bases. It's just the right thickness. It's not too difficult to drill into. So pretty much any armature I make is going to be full of pieces of plywood. And then you also really like scrap wood, right, Dorian? Any, any type of plywood, scrap wood, I'm all about using it for a project. <laughs> Yeah. Well, so that little cross thing that you guys see on the armature, that's called a butterfly. And it's put there to support the chin and a portrait sculpture. 
And I remember being like, where am I going to get this wood? I just need two little pieces. <laughs> and so a lot of places, don't they have like scrap bins? Um, deep does, but they do have some workers are like, hey, like there's some trash or there's some in the trash in the back. Because I've met a couple people who are like, oh, you only need a few things. Like just get it from the trash can. Counselor Chip says, classic ADHD. We love organization and getting organized, but we cannot stay organized. Yep, that's basically me. Accurate. <laughs> Absolutely. And Lisa says, every grandma has a metal tin for her sewing stuff. Yeah. And if it's not my or a popcorn tin, then it's not a grandma. Levi says, why do I feel if the store actually learned you were doing this with their containers? They try to make expensive art versions. <laughs> I know, it's really ridiculous. And I realize that, yeah, it's it's convenient, but I happen to love shopping for supplies. Do you? It's a joy at this point because I think I have fun adding it into my process. I have to actually actively look for things. So mm -hmm. knowing that part of it, it makes it makes find, finding what I'm trying to get all the more satisfying once it's in my hands. Well, it's a treasure hunt because you're like, oh my god, I found the foam. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I'm watching One Piece, so <laughs> that is ironic that I'm talking about treasure now. <laughs> That's funny. Recycle Center. Oh, this place is fun and you know something the old town i lived in had a really good recycle center it was super organized i love that place i miss it it i'm sad because the one in providence closed or rhode island oh, closed so i'm crap. trying to find ones that are nearby so if anybody on the east coast knows a good recycling center in the comments or in the chat please let me know because i will happily drive <laughs> Well, the other thing, too, it's not just the Recycle Center. And tell us in the chat if you do this. Sometimes there's stuff you save. For example, for a long time when I was a kid, I used to always save the toilet paper tubes because I always thought I could make a cool project with it. And then at one time, I was like nine, there was just boxes of paper towel tubes underneath my bed because I was hoping to make something I never did. <laughs> Claire, we are very alike. <laughs> I, I just like supplies. I like tactility, you know? So tell me about machine parts, because that scares me. <laughs> I don't think I'd ever want to pick up a machine part. Oh, that... Okay, so... I had this, like, robot... Actually... Okay, so, like, this figure that I have is a robot so mm. one of the things that i like to do is comprise things of like random scrap parts and machine parts of like old electronics and old machines are so satisfying to connect and combine and turn into this like almost like the iron giant is that the yeah iron giant yeah right. yeah it's like the iron giant uh-huh so it's like that stuff is so satisfying and when you can do that with old gears and you just use epoxy, you can use a hot glue gun. It's a really satisfying outcome. And you have a sculpture, like it's, it's cheap, easy ways to make some art that looks really good. That's so cool. I, it would never occur to me to do that. You do the same thing with the metal scraps. 
yeah, the metal scraps are also really nice in terms of if you're trying to play with forms of like, say, I did a table, for instance, out of wood, it's fun to kind of get some sort of dimensional, uh, like actual visual in front of you. So having the scrap wood, having the metal scraps, you can literally just use a glue gun, have those things and do little iterations with the scraps. It's, it's good for prototyping. I love the Recycle Center because it also has some really good fabric, really good strapping, like stuff like that is very hard to find at a discounted price. So when they're selling it for like five yards of straps for $2, it's like you, you don't pass that stuff up. <laughs> no, you don't. So Joe Nowhere uses plastic bottles as a pencil case. Mm. A scarf and tea is a cardboard hoarder. This is a good box. Oh my God, I'm so <laughs> bad about the boxes. Well, especially if you moved recently, you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't have enough boxes. I'll never have boxes. I have to keep them all. <laughs> bad. Yeah. Yeah, Mackenzie did the same thing with the tubes. Amanda says food cardboard. Mm. Pyrus says pizza boxes for the garden. I used to use pizza trays. I used to make projects with those. So I'd go to the pizza places and ask them for pizza things. <laughs> they got annoyed. So I, that's why I ended up going to the um, creepy kitchen store in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> I'm not going to get any more pizza around. <laughs> okay. Can, can we just agree this is the world's greatest tape on the planet? Easily. And what do you think yeah. about this tape? It makes, so I use it on my dress forms. I use it for lining my paper. I use it for lining like the, uh, the platen for my screen printing. It's versatile and it also makes sure that you have clean, crisp lines whenever you're using it as a way to protect certain areas of your medium. It, it's too good. It's too good for us. And hardware stores are the best place to get it because you know it's going to stick. And you can put a big stack. <laughs> Which is, I, I never buy one. I have to get the whole thing. It's a three. Because <laughs> I go through it so much. And you know something? I found it really good for measuring things. So here I've got a jelly plate. And I just taped where I wanted to register the paper because I wasn't using a press. Yeah. Or actually, when I was a gallery director, I used to put the tape on the wall to mark where we wanted to hang the artwork. I mean, half my job was using this blue tape. And honestly, I don't know why they even make masking tape anymore because masking tape stinks. It doesn't stick anymore. It's the worst. And if you notice it, it gets brittle after a little while, it like breaks down. Yeah, some of my old shoe concepts that I did in trash have it on it and it started to, yeah. Uh, no, yeah. no. <laughs> Get the, this is better than artist tape. The artist tape that they sell in the art store, it's nice, but it's not blue tape. I, I'm the biggest fan of blue tape. <laughs> also, I think you're the biggest fan of somebody who's in this current slide. I'm just, just going to toss that in there. Just yeah, Don't get me started. <laughs> 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 because I, I'm going to announce something tomorrow, and it's a lot to do with Aaron Tate. <laughs> no, he didn't leave his partner for me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> comment f's in the chat <laughs> you spent a lot of time here because I, I was actually surprised when you told me about your fashion design pro process i just assumed you would go buy 
supplies at a fabric store. But then you told me that almost all of it is from the thrift store, right? Yeah. So if it's not donated, I'm in a thrift store getting materials, getting clothing. Uh, all of the denim pieces that I've done have only been made because I had old jeans. Like nothing that I've done in denim, nothing that I've done with tapestries was from any. Yeah, that's what the newest piece that I just did. Uh, all of it's from old jeans. And I think that that says a lot about we are so quick for fast fashion to continuously keep creating, keep creating without consciously deciding that there are already clothes existent and those clothes are still a material that are viable. So being able to repurpose that cotton or repurpose that denim, it really creates an opportunity not only for fashion to take a more sustainable and ethical route, but it creates a more interesting story because it's like, how many people do you see cutting up something that's old and giving it yeah. new life and giving it new meaning that you can resonate with? Absolutely. And actually, because my kid has this antique clown collection, we spend a lot of time in first stores now. <laughs> so I'm constantly hunting <laughs> with her as she tries to find her antique clown. So it's really fun. Okay, this is probably my favorite thing at the hardware store. This glass scraper, if you guys are a painter and you use a glass palette, which you should, in my opinion. All right, I know that's controversial. But <laughs> if you have a glass palette and you buy this window scraper, it cleans your palette perfectly. It's the exact same sheet of glass that you started with. And I love putting in a new razor blade and it just feels amazing. So <laughs> if you decide to switch to a glass palette and I use it for printmaking ink too, because on printmaking, mm. we always put the ink out on glass. And so this makes your life incredibly easy. So. If you want to know how to make your glass palette, we do have a video on that. You can take a look at that. All right. You and the dollar store. Th this is like Candyland for you, isn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> what, what do you pick up at the dollar store? If it catches my eye, I'm more than likely picking it up and thinking about how I can use it. I love looking at the toys that are in the toy section because those like miniature things that they have are great for dioramas. And I know that some stores, art stores specifically, will charge $15, $20 for like two like small little figurines. A lot of the stuff that I'm doing is for either prototyping or just to really quickly ideate and get like some sort of visual of the dimension. So being able to have like little small toys and stuff gives me a real life feeling for it and it's cheap and i can just give those toys to my cousins and little family members after and be like hey i'm, I'm your i'm your big I'm, I'm your cool big cousin here take this yeah i got that just for you just for you just exactly for you. uh but yeah it's it's really cool just to find quick solutions with cheap materials that Otherwise, just are going to sit on the shelf because a lot of people don't go to the dollar store anymore, which kind of upsets me. Like a lot of people I know don't go to them. They're really handy, though. I mean, mm -hmm. I went with Song Kang, who has done several tutorials for us, 
and Song does these beautiful pen drawings. And you know something, wow. you look at them and it would never occur to most people that she bought plastic flowers at the dollar store and that's what she was drawing from in this piece. She said, you know something, why am I gonna get real flowers that are gonna wilt on me in three days and this pen drawing is gonna take me so long? And it, it's so smart. Like once somebody tells you, you're like, oh yeah, it, it's not that big a deal sometimes. If you're drawing from life, sometimes you just gotta find something that replicates life really good. <laughs> exactly. So tell us in the chat, who here goes to the dollar store and what do you buy? Because one of the things that I thought was really cool about your list is you actually put paint brushes on the dollar store and a lot of people would say no way you want good paintbrushes but it sounds like you don't <laughs> if it is able to spread the paint on the canvas it's a good brush it's all so about why don't you care about a super refined brush i personally i <laughs> i'm lucky to not have been in the painting department because i know that they would probably roast me for you know saying against what they might have been taught but an expensive brush to me just feels like a, a cheat like i don't really think it's necessary to create a beautiful piece some people can create beautiful pieces with just their finger like it is all about what you're willing to do with the paintbrush or what you're willing to do with whatever you're working with like you can use brochures to make a beautiful collage like that's what I learned just now from Lauren, like having those opportunities to create with less lesser means also to me shows a lot of people that don't have a lot of money, like I can inspire them in a sense. Also, have you noticed the really random things you can get at a dollar store? So Song and I, we went and we found this weird plastic thing we, we don't even know what it's supposed to be <laughs> but we were having so much fun just rummaging and finding things and we ended up using it for her drawing tutorial and so that's what's fun is sometimes you have plans to go get toy dinosaurs and then you stumble upon this strange alien flower thing that ends up coming into play so that's one of the things that's really fun is those moments where you just stumble on top of something and Cousin Lay says, I like the faded and worn out flower petals that wash up on the beach and blow around in the cemetery. Oh, that is so lovely. I really like that idea. And Pyra says, tinfoil to smush up padding out armatures, rhinestones, beads. Rhett says, I've gotten so much stuff from dollar store plastic containers, paintbrush tubes, makeup brush holders, and washing silicone pads. Now I want to go yeah. to the dollar store. Haven't been it, for a while. It's great. It's so good. <laughs> and also that's yeah. beautiful. Isn't it? I mean, that's what's funny is that most people think about fake flowers as being a little bit tacky, but then look at what she made from that. So it doesn't matter what the reference is. As long as it gets the job done, that's the most important thing. And you don't have to water them. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. When I got into soap carving, <laughs> I went and I bought one and I was like, oh my God, this is really fun. I want to do more. And I went to the grocery store and I bought like a 10 pack of Irish Spring <laughs> because 
Clara. <laughs> no, it was so silly. I mean, isn't it pretty though? Like, isn't it, it a great is. color and texture for a sculpture? It's almost like you carved it in jade. That's what I mean, because you can get any kind of soap, but particularly Irish Spring, it, it's just so pretty. And it's so easy to smooth out because you just put it under the faucet and just rub it a little bit. And then it's like so, so nice. So that's another thing I like is when you take a really boring object or an ugly object and through the art, there's a transformation. It's a beautiful one. So we're talking a little bit about references as well, is the plant store, super fun. And I know this is more work than Googling tree and finding an image that way, but we bought this little plant, it's like this miniature tree. And then Julie Ben Bassett, who's in the photo, she did all these sketches of the various plant, like, you know those like baby, baby plants that you can get? Succulents. Succulents. I think this one's a living stone. But anyway, you can use them to make a landscape. I mean, does that look like a real tree? And she was using all those rocks and things for inspiration for her background. Isn't that That's really so fun? Wow. See, people's minds are beautiful. I love being an artist. I don't know about you guys, but I wouldn't want to be anything else. <laughs> I don't know. I sometimes feel like I'm being held captive <laughs> by being an artist. Like, I, I can't do anything else. You have such a positive view. <laughs> I mean, hey, you know, we got to be AI first, and then I think we're good. <laughs> okay, so who here, whenever I go into the pet store to get guinea pig food, I don't know why, I always, like, look at the aquarium items <laughs> Oh, look at those pretty textures. I like that color. Maybe I could light it. Do you ever do that? I I mean, okay, I I look at aquarium items for different things because I just think, oh, this is cheaper moss that I can get here than I could at the store. So it's like th things like that where I could use it on like a shoe sculpture or some sort of diorama. Uh, I don't know. I've never thought about it for colors and stuff, though. Well, so here's Song again, who makes these beautiful pen drawings. And Song also did a scratchboard tutorial for us where she demonstrated basically how she created this underwater landscape. And she used mushrooms and all kinds of things. So I know Google Images is convenient, you guys, but don't you think this is more fun? <laughs> That's unreal. <laughs> Isn't it cool? Oh, this is a really good tip from Doug. Florist wire can work well for armatures as well. And Emmanuel says cheap watercolor travel palettes make new sets of colors sometimes, or just if I have a friend that wants to do some painting, I can give away the whole palette. The paint's the most expensive part. And Anna says in dental school, you have to sculpt teeth out of soap. Oh. Okay, that's really cool. I don't think I want to go to dental school, but that's a really cool tip. And Colorado People's News says, I use good paintbrushes when the situation warrants good brushes. Otherwise, get that part of the painting done. I use that rule with all tools too. Well, isn't it funny how sometimes it is worth buying the yeah. expensive thing and other times like, oh, this paper towel is fine. <laughs> yeah, and 
again, it's just about, I think, showing what you can do with the least amount of tools or the least expensive tool. Because having those options and knowing those options are available to you, if you're in a crunch, then at least you know where you can go quickly and just grab something to get that done. Well, Joanna says the dollar store where I am recently has really improved their craft section. I was shocked, for example, they have glass droppers, cork bottles, jewelry supplies. And Pyra says, use those plastic putty knives in lieu of squeegees for screen printing at home. Plastic spatula will work too. Is that what you use? Yep. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well put. <laughs> oh, gosh. Amanda, I really like razor blades. You know when you take them out and they're fresh? <laughs> Have you been watching any true crime lately? <laughs> no. <laughs> I just have a lot of things I need to cut with sharp blades. <laughs> it just it stinks. I hate it when things aren't sharp. It's very frustrating. <laughs> understandable. Very understandable. Yeah, yeah. I hope you will all join us in the Discord right after this stream. We are going to be doing a stage session. That is your opportunity to come speak to us on voice. Hang out with us in the post live stream stage channel, and we will meet you guys there right after the stream. Visit ourprof.org. There is so much content on our website that is not on YouTube, that is hard to find on YouTube. Plus, I work really hard on the website, and I want to feel like people are using it. So please go use the search bar. It's a great site. has a ton of information. You can sponsor a video. This is such a nice gesture for the community, because when you sponsor a video, it's not just you who receives the video, but the entire community. And this has been a way that we've done things like the dry point tutorial, the woodcut tutorial, those were all results of wonderful sponsors in our community who made that happen. And we do have a sponsored video coming up in July on reed sculpture, which I'm super excited about, but anybody can do this and we have all kinds of options. So if you go to the site, you'll be able to see that. Join our Patreon group. It is so fun in there. I start my mornings oftentimes with the voice sessions where people come and they share their work with me and it, it just puts me in such a good, positive mindset. You know, when you sort of have a crappy day, but then it's like you talk to artists, you just feel great. It's awesome. It's so good. <laughs> so I provide support. I also provide critiques in the Patreon group and you get support in a small group of artists. Art Prof has services, artist calls, portfolio critiques, personal art curriculum, statement editing. Thank you to our top Patreon supporters. You guys are pulling all the weight for our budget. We are incredibly, incredibly grateful to all of you. Art Prof has a podcast. It's available on Spotify and also on iTunes. And subscribe to our channel for more tutorials, critiques, and business tips. Everybody, thank you so much for watching. We'll see you next time. Bye.